Progressive presents The Sounds of the Old World. The year is 2019, and someone is waiting for a table at a restaurant. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party of four. Thompson, party... Oh, there you are. This has been The Sounds of the Old World. Brought to you by Progressive, where drivers can still switch and save like it's 2019. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. HD Smartcast. You're listening to a Hindustan Times production. Brought to you by HD Smartcast. Hi, this is Manjula Narayan, National Books Editor, Hindustan Times. And this is the Books and Authors Podcast. It's a weekly podcast where I speak to authors who've got a new book out. Hi, Akhil and Aditi. Hi. Welcome to Books and Authors. Well, you know, I've just read The World That Belongs to Us, an anthology of queer poetry from South Asia. It's really quite impressive in many ways, which we will discuss. So, Thanks, Manjula. No, it's, it's, it's taken more than two years. So finally, we're also coming to terms with the fact that the book is out and all these voices are together in it. What I found impressive about the book is that there are so many voices and voices of such sort of diversity, you know. I mean, you're calling it a queer anthology, but within that, there's a lot. You know, the thing is, we, we when we sent out the call about two years ago, uh, we, I remember that we tried to be as exhaustive as possible about all the names, identities, ways of... Um, being queer in South Asia is covered within it. But very soon we noticed that, you know, when people started responding to the call, they made mm. edit suggestions, additions of their own. And, mm. they said, you know, well, this identity is missing or that identity is missing. And so in a way, the call was adopted by a host of people. And okay. so in a sense that it didn't remain this project of these two poets sitting in Delhi who are doing a certain kind of work. So I think that political mandate was... Uh, that, I mean, half political, half literary mandate together was very clear right in the beginning. So then actually when the submission started coming in, we got hundreds of submissions out of which now as the book finally stands, there are more than 100 poets and translators and the poets mm-hmm. are about in 10 languages. Yes. Uh, which, which obviously considering the linguistic diversity of the subcontinent is, is a fraction, but it it's there in some measure. Hmm. You're saying that there are lots of categories that you weren't even aware of, right? Like that's what you said in the preface. So let's talk about that because I was also struck by that, you know? I think one of the first things to think about is that, you know, this long list of acronyms of the word queer uh, is usually understood as a, you know, as a word or a, or a place that defines same-sex desire or, you know, anything, basically, anything that's non-heteronormative. And uh, we knew that, but that's kind of what went into the first draft of the call uh, for submissions as well. Yes, yes, it was an educative uh, experience for for us as well. And uh, for, you know, to hear from so many people, uh, from so many different communities, from people all across the country, from across South Asia and beyond, who were writing is to tell us that, you know, you know, sort of the spectrum doesn't end here. 
uh, the minute you feel like okay is this the last word there was something else coming up to us you know it, it made us realize as well that uh, you know these identities are not just about the body uh, not just about desire um identities are you know they're located they come from a location of a lot more and some of some of those expressions have found you know word uh, in the pages of this book as well the thing about you know in this uh, like multiplicity of either gendered experiences gender expressions or same sex desire in south asia is like an old old story you know there are so many ways in which people make sense of what they desire and what uh, their ways of living or sexual acts are Like I remember, I mean, one of the first things we read in our literature syllabus as a young undergraduate was "Isma Chupta Is Le Half." Everyone, uh, and it was like this cornerstone text, which, as literature students, we were all like, it inaugurated sort of literary experience of queerness for us. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading about uh, Chukta's reading Chukta's autobiography, and she goes to Lahore for the obscenity trial, which the colonial government slapped on her. and she's speaking to one other writer in lahore and she says ki mujhe nahi malum tha ki lihaf wale mauzu pe likhna mana hai like mujhe nahi malum tha ki is marz ya lat par likhna mana hai so interesting hmm. that she in like 1940s she is not able to reconcile whether to call this thing a marz like a medical condition hmm. or a lat hmm. uh, which is like addiction or habit so hmm. like over years also i've noticed that same sex desire doesn't have just a singular vocabulary which is let's say lgbt of like this this alphabet soup just doesn't cut it like there are various mm-hmm. ways of coming at it and it can be um uh, ideas of friendship it can be ideas of fun it can be ideas of habits excessive habits shock it can be uh, and then multiple names which have come with uh, which are old and newer with which are, which the hiv aids industry like development industries from the uh, late 80s onwards mm-hmm. so you know and those names and various names have come to be very important to uh, a host of us so then okay. rather than just say you know queer is like a convenient umbrella but it but it disperses very quickly okay but how did you guys divide it among yourselves you know this huge task you know akil has been a translator and it was a you know first time for me to be on the to be on the other side you know on the editorial or the translator side of things yes i mean between akhil um you know shoini and the network at hop collins and me we were trying to reach out to as many people as possible and trying to get uh, you know first the call of uh, call for submissions translated in many many languages and uh, later i think uh, when we received submissions in uh in languages other than english and then we again reached out to our friends uh people and poets did be you know whose work we respected to help us not just translate i think in uh, to also help us in the selection uh process to be able to get on a call you know write a detailed email to our detailed questions to help us understand you know what what was happening what was somebody trying to say what was a particular piece trying to express and there was this a lot of hand holding i would say uh, and i'm very very thankful to everybody who was patient and supportive during this entire process and after this is when the work of translation began 
and again it meant you know because we were uh, seeking uh, these translations uh, then the job of editing and sitting and you know giving feedback and then editing again some of the work i would say it was a it was an amazing uh, first experience for me and i've learned a lot um from akhil from the other translators and i you know i've grown to really really respect um the kind of effort and urgency i would say uh this kind of work requires uh so the thing is you know we would sit with i remember huge sessions uh, long long sessions with uh excel sheets and literally mm. uh, my goodness yeah because because finally because earlier when you received the submissions there were about uh like we were juggling more than 400 submissions or 500 submissions so early to give it a proper reading and remember that we were getting submissions not just in english so we were getting in several languages and of which we could read only about 3 to 4 languages so to get mm-hmm. readers for those poems in order to see whether we can uh, accommodate that poem in our collection or not so it was a task mm-hmm. which like happened at multiple levels and i know that one of the boons and miracles for us was our commissioning editor shohini basar at harper collins and okay. he was really helpful and resourceful with translators and with ideas and with ways of framing and then mm-hmm. at different points of time you know uh, like vikramaditya sahay and aditi rao like helped us with conversations about how to just order and systematize this process of uh, okay. bit, from the from where the submissions begin to pour in till where the book finally comes into being and all this with the help of like uh, like numberless people on social media so you know whether it was g similar who put us in touch with chandni or whether it was ramki who put us in touch with santa or whether it was uh, chandramohan who put us in touch with vijayaraja mallika like like there were these people who um, like like knew that you know there is a certain uh, world that we are familiar with and they needed to break open and make the borders of that world more porous so okay. yeah it, but uh, the but the division of labor like it was always a work in progress sometimes uh, like aditi would uh, take up something and then at a the later stage i would take it up and vice versa okay i think the most challenging part about this project was to not let this book become um one that's being edited by these two um you know society identifying delhi poets and to be able to navigate beyond uh you know the places that we uh live in or the places that we understand i loved uh, chitra vijay kumar i loved sneha khan i loved iftikhar naseem and lia's pip tipsna sorry yeah, i can't yeah, yeah. samara sinha and i loved arina alam and simple rajra oh. and i found a lot of these some of them like we were saying you know they, to deal with uh, they deal with the relationship with the father and i found that very interesting so. yeah you know the thing about this figure of the parent actually it's a uh, it's a running theme and you will find the father mm-hmm. it comes across as this figure of both respect and utter 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 difference in iftikhar nasim's poem where he says that i am so alike you i'm so similar to you in every yeah. respect but in this one thing which is so fundamental to me 
But you know, when I read that, when I read that, yeah. I thought maybe he didn't know that you know perhaps his father is like him in that respect as well. You know. And yeah, and but that's and that's just an assumption that he proceeded on. Mm-hmm. uh and then the in uh, in santa's poem like where uh, there's a conflicted relationship with the father and finally at this kind of climactic moment of the cremation of the parent the yes. idea just is seared into the reader's brains when she says that you know the finally he did go away but he didn't go away from any other cremation ground which was meant only for men so it's almost yes. as if death is a great equalizer in terms of gender and yes and i've noticed that the figure of the father and even in uh, mamta sagar's translation of chandini gagana's uh, mm. moving kannada poem uh, yeah. uh, uh, ajis death in mahadevapa where again it's it's in the it's in the cremation ritual where which calls you to gender yourself in a particular way that several yeah. actually transports have found both crisis but also sometimes very moving and beautiful resolutions so yeah the yes. father figure the father figure as often it does continues to haunt lot of contributors in this volume as well mm. that's the first part of my conversation with aditi angiras and akhil katyal editors of the world that belongs to us an anthology of queer poetry from south asia in part 2 we'll discuss queerness poetry literature and the challenges of putting together a volume like this so there's lots of interesting stuff catch you after the break this was a hindustan times production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast